here we are, wow, approaching 22 years later, watching God take that we thought would be a fun little hobby and just exploding it into one of the most frequently visited Christian websites in the world. Um, just to give an idea, just last month, 15 million people visited the website. Wow. And, uh, Wow. My, I remember we, we got our first visitor and I was blown away. Hey, someone's actually doing it. This is awesome. <laughs> to 15 million a month. It's crazy. It's a crazy, awesome ride of watching God go above and beyond, far exceeding anything we could have asked or imagined. Hello and welcome to Calvary Conversations. I'm Sean LePage, the chairman of the ministry studies department here at Calvary University and your host today for this conversation on Calvary Conversations. My guest today is S. Michael Hoodman, also known as Shay Hoodman. Uh, Shay, welcome to the program. Sean, thanks for having me. It's always great to come back to Calvary, even if it's only digitally. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. You're going to be, uh, you are going to be on campus soon, so, or at least close by, so. So, uh, but thanks for joining me today. Um, so, Shay is the president and CEO of GotQuestions.org or, or GotQuestions Ministries, the parent ministry for GotQuestions.org. And uh, he will be speaking at the Calvary University President's Dinner this year. Uh, that's on September 28th. And uh, if you want more information about that, please uh, see our website, calvary.edu. But, um, uh, Shay, great to have you on the program. Thank you so much for for joining me for this conversation today. And uh, first of all, tell me what is Got Questions Ministries? What is it in addition to GotQuestions.org? No, that that's a great question because GotQuestions.org, our primary website, is by far the most well-known aspect of the ministry. But Got Questions Ministries, there's more to it than just GotQuestions.org, the site. And for example, we've got a site for kids called gqkids.org. We have a site for teenagers, 412teens.org, based off First Timothy 412. We've got a YouTube channel where with the hundreds of videos published, we've got translations, we've got a online Bible commentary site called bibleref.com. So while well, gotquestions.org is what we started the ministry with and by far the most well-known site in our network, there are many other aspects of the ministries. So that's why the name and since gotquestions.org is most well-known, as we said, that's the name of the overall umbrella of the ministry. Good. So, but I assume that it did start with gotquestions.org basically, right? It, it did. Yes. At okay. the very beginning, that was the only site we were running. And then over the years, we've um, dipped our toe into various other different ways of use the internet, different audiences and so forth. And that's how the, the ministries aspect, the plural has continued to, to grow and expand. Good, well, that's exciting. Um, so, so basically you ask the question, got questions. It's a question with a question mark. Um, so uh, I, I would say that it seems to me that an overwhelming uh, number of people said, yes, I've got questions. So mm -hmm. uh, last, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the website right now and it's showing 741,376 Bible questions answered. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, uh, that's quite a lot. That's uh, a lot of questions that people have. Um, so um, 
it's 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 an exciting resource for for those of you who have not uh, checked it out yet. But um, but let me let me back up and let's talk about the origin of this. Um, uh, you are a, a graduate of Calvary University. Um, was that um, both uh, the uh, the college and the uh, the the seminary? Is that correct? Yes, it is. So, so I'm a '98 graduate of Calvary University and a 2001 graduate of Calvary Theological Seminary. Okay, and so Calvary just takes full credit for uh, the work you've done. But uh, just kidding. Um, so t- tell us how it how it originated. How did how did you go from being a graduate of Calvary to uh, to uh, building this this ministry? Absolutely. Um, I was one of those students at Calvary all the way through. I knew God was calling me to some sort of full time ministry, but none of the quote unquote traditional forms of ministries really felt like the right fit. Um, like I, I was a, re- I think I started off as a pastoral studies um, student and very quickly I was like delivering 30 minute monologues in front of people, really not me. I mean, I, I still much <laughs> prefer communicating through writing than I do through public speaking. Um, I joke that I don't really like teenagers, which is actually not true but youth ministry never seemed like a right fit. I have very little musical talent. So there goes any, anything in that realm. So like, well, God, I know you're calling me to ministry, but what exactly is that going to look like? Um, but I've always been into technology, always loved it, always loved to write. So after going through Calvary University, getting a degree in biblical studies, which is kind of the general degree that gives you a great background in the Bible and theology, but doesn't really prepare you for anything specific. And then at Calvary Seminary, got the degree in Christian theology, which again, gives you a great background in Bible theology, but doesn't really prepare you to do anything specific. And it was like, I remember thinking, well, did I kind of waste my time? I've got a lot of not, I mean, obviously studying God's word, studying biblical theology is never a waste of time. But my mindset is, did this actually prepare me for anything? Well, within six months of graduating from Calvary Seminary, my wife, Melissa, and I were praying like, Lord, what would what would be the ministry that would be the, a perfect fit? We were serving the Lord in a, a Kansas City-based ministry. I was a supervisor of the shipping department, not exactly using my theological training much. Um, still serving the Lord in the ministry, grateful for that, but I knew there was something more. Well, this is late 2001, early 2002. The internet was really getting to the point where most people had it in their homes and high-speed internet was coming out, so you could actually do something productive online without waiting half an hour for a picture to download. Yeah. So it was like, I wonder if we just launched a website where people could come, ask any question about the Bible, anything spiritual-related, and they will seek to answer that question. I wonder if there's a, a need for that. So we experimented with a few other things, eventually landed on the domain name gotquestions.org, purchased the domain name, built the site, launched the site, and just go, well, Lord, um, use this as you see fit. And we truly, both Melissa and I thought, this will be a fun little hobby we do until God reveals <laughs> the ministry he's calling us to. Um, little did we know that was the ministry he was calling us to, but then within a, a month, we're regularly receiving questions. Within a few months, we're getting more questions than we can really know what to do with. Um, there was a huge need for it, especially at that time when 
most websites, uh, Christian minister websites, were basically online brochures. Here's some information about the ministry, but if you want more, call us or send us a letter. Um, but you got to actually engage with people on the internet. It was still kind of in its formative years at that point. So huge need for it. Started contacting different people I knew from Calvary. Hey, could um, here's what we're doing. Could you help us answer a couple questions a week and start building up the volunteer team and um, started seeing the same questions come in over and over again. So we started building an FAQ archive on the website and that just built the traffic more and more and more. So here we are, wow, approaching 22 years later, watching God take what we thought would be a fun little hobby and just exploding it into one of the most frequently visited Christian websites in the world. Um, just to give an idea, just last month, 15 million people visited the website. Wow. And uh, wow. Blows my, I remember we, we got our first visitor and I was blown away. Hey, someone's actually doing it. <laughs> this is awesome. To 15 million a month. It's crazy. It's a crazy, awesome ride of watching God go above and beyond, far exceeding anything we could have asked or imagined. Yeah, I bet it's hard to get your brain around 15 million people. But it, you know, it just really shows that that there is a, a lot of interest in 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 uh, understanding the Bible, and not just not just spirituality or not just you know God in a in a general undefined sense. But but you're you're very very clear that you're answering these questions from a biblical perspective. Yes. So it's very exciting, you know, um, to to see that many people visiting the website. It, it truly is. Um, what, you see the numbers every month. So we just finished um, August, sorry, in September, looking back at the August numbers and then building the reports. It, it's amazing. It's encouraging. I, I love doing it. But then there's something about occasionally just meeting someone who, that when they find out oh, you're the got questions guy or whatever, <laughs> I've been using your site for years or get an email testimony of how you've um, having access to got questions has helped them find answers to questions they've had their whole lives and to see the gratitude in people to meet actual people in the real world is even more meaningful than seeing a, a huge number because you're like helps you remember there are faces behind each of those numbers that these That's are great. like these are actual people who are being impacted by god through the power of the holy spirit through this crazy little website that we launched 21 years ago you know, that perspective, I think, is at least in my opinion, from my perspective, that's one of the reasons why God is using it so much is because you're 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 focused on the, the people who are asking these questions. So mm -hmm. so tell us about the process, though. So uh, uh, what is the process for developing an answer? You're you're up to almost seven hundred and forty forty two thousand. So uh, what's the process for for developing an answer. Um, have you personally answered all 741,000 <laughs> questions? <laughs> if not, how, how, do you, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, so th there's one point of clarification. So the, the number you see on the homepage, that's the number of people who have come to the website and actually submitted a question to us. Okay. So those are okay. ones that have received personal responses. We don't have 742,000 articles on the website. Okay. So there are approximately 9,000 articles on the website. It was still a huge number of articles. Um, people have talked to us about printing out, can I print out all the articles on your website and just to see how huge a stack of papers that would be. But so the process, 
if someone comes to the website, they can either submit a question to us for us to respond to, or as the vast majority of people do, they actually find um, the answers already online in the FAQs. Uh, just to give you an example. How long, did, so if, how long did it take you to get to that point? Would you say that, that say the majority of people visiting the website were finding the answer already uh, versus uh, here's a new question yeah. that we need to get an answer to? That's a great question. Um, just you know, a guess. We, looking back, it was, we were surprisingly slow at recognizing the need to have a robust frequently asked question section. Probably within a year, I'd say more people were reading articles more than they were submitting questions. Like on a given day now, say if we received 400,000 visitors to the website and we'll receive maybe 100 questions. So that gives you an idea. Way, 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 way more people are using the articles that are there on the website rather than submitting a question. But oh, if, so if someone does submit a question, it comes into our database and then we've got a, a team of people who every day will go through all the questions that were submitted to us and then determine which ones need to be submitted to a member of our team. And we have over 200 volunteers who help us answer all the questions that we receive. And so when the question is assigned to them, they research it, they answer the question, send it back to the database, and then a member of our team will then review and approve that answer before it's sent out to the, the person. But anything that's going out with our name on it, we want it to have our stamp of approval. We want to make sure this is a biblical answer, this is a compassionate answer, this is well-written, um, and just we don't want any distractions to keep people from actually reading the answer that, that they need. Because it's amazing, the, or the first time someone actually asked the question, how can I know for sure I go to heaven when I die? It's like we had truly envisioned got questions as being primarily discipleship. Um, we never really thought it was going to be about evangelism, and that really opened our eyes. So now um, we've got close to 50 different articles that are just dedicated to presenting the gospel based on a different way of asking the question. So how can I get eternal life? How can I receive forgiveness? What does it mean that Jesus is, is a personal savior? Um, is there life after death? So they're all presenting the same gospel just based on a different way of asking and answering the question. So try to take every question seriously, unless the person asking is making abundantly clear they're trolling you or they're just trying to argue or debate or be right. hostile. But yeah. even sometimes with those, we're like, no, we're going to give this person a chance. We're going to answer their question and just see how they respond. But it's we love the fact that as many people are still reading the articles, that we also still have the way for people to submit questions because that personal touch can truly make a difference even more so than reading great content on a website. That's great. You, you talked about you know, wanting to provide biblical answers uh, just now. So, so t talk a little bit more about that, because I think that's probably a question that a, a lot of people would have. A lot of pastors, a lot of, you know, people like me who uh, are professors or, or just people who are maybe even like, like, like even right before uh, we started our conversation, I was, I was in class and then I had, I had a student stay after and he had some questions about some serious mm -hmm. stuff. So um, the, the people like me, uh, pastors, professors, uh, whoever, uh, who are engaged in, in, in wrestling with theological issues and that kind of thing, um, I think would, would be curious about how, you know, how do you stay on track? You know, mm -hmm. how, can, how can Christians and churches trust 
that you're not giving bogus answers or or just your opinions about things? How how do you do that? How do you stay on track? That's uh, that's difficult. Um, we use Isaiah fifty five eleven um, as a reminder that only when we're using God's word does God promise it will have an impact. We share our opinion. Sometimes, ultimately, we have to. People ask a question that the Bible doesn't directly address. So, okay, we're going to do our best to give a biblically informed viewpoint on this question. But whenever we can, if someone asks them, can a Christian lose salvation? Or what does the Bible say about the sovereignty of God versus the responsibility of man? Those type of questions. Like We're going to focus it on what God's word says as much as we can. Um, with that said, just recognizing we're fallible, we make mistakes, um, trying to be fair and open and honest with, with how we answer questions, um, sometimes trying to look into the real question that they're asking, the question behind the question. Um, but sometimes people will submit a long, really, really long question, and then at the end they'll ask, I did all this and I got a tattoo. Is that a sin? And like the tattoo <laughs> is actually by far the least important thing that they mention in, in their whole question. So you're like, okay, but answering questions biblically means the Bible is the center. The Bible is the foundation. When at all possible, use the Bible in context to answer these questions. When at all possible, if there's more than one biblically plausible interpretation, give that but at the same time, with that said, like if Sean, if me and you are talking friend to friend, we're out to coffee, and you're like, hey, Ishay, what do you think about this? Would you want me to give you, well, here are the 10 interpretations of this verse, and you pick which one you like. It's like, no, we're having a conversation. You're asking me for my opinion. So a lot of our questions we answer, even if there is more than one biblically plausible viewpoint, we're we're approaching it like that, that the person is asking us, which view do you think is correct rather than what are the 10 interpretations? So we tend, especially on really important ones, we're not going to give a whole bunch of different views because that will just lead to confusion. Like, all I really want to know, what do you believe this verse mean? Or what do yeah. you believe is the right answer to this question based on the Bible? I mean, we if someone asks, what are the five different biblically valid viewpoints of the meaning of Christ's atonement. Well, we'll say, sure, we will do that, but then we'll say, but we think the substitutionary atonement is the the primary um, meaning of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. So that's how, kind of how we approach it, but um, question, questions are varied. They're very different. Even the people asking them can come from wildly different perspectives and um, spiritual places in life and where along the journey are they? And all of that can greatly impact how we do it. But the Bible, as I said, the Bible is the foundation, the cornerstone. It's what we want to point people to, if at all possible, based on the question. That's great. Um, yeah, and I and I think you know it's good that it's good to acknowledge that there are differences of opinion and mm-hmm. and uh, that uh, Christian, you know, Christian. This is this is an in-house debate, so to speak. But you're right, you know, that when somebody asks me a question, I'm I'm telling you what I think, you know, and that's really yeah. what people want to know. And so that's mm-hmm. good. But um, so so what's your sense of who is asking all these questions? You maybe have hit on this already a little bit, but 
but um, is it is it primarily Christians or is it as Paul would say outsiders, non-Christians, uh, or or can you even know that for sure based on uh, you know who's visiting the website and that kind of thing? For sure. Do you, do you have a good sense of who's asking the questions? So we do. Whenever someone submits a question, we ask them to give us some um, added information. It's like their where in the world they live, what's their age, male or female, and we ask them to, what do you consider yourself as religious? I can't remember how we ask it. How you answer a question for a teenager who lives in Japan is very different than how you're going to answer it for a 60-year-old male living in Nebraska. I mean, just, so, but generally speaking, I mean, we get questions from all types. Um, most questions are from believers. And I would say from, I don't know, it's hard to even say, like baby Christians, young believers. Because obviously those are the people who tend to have the most questions who are the most curious. I know when I became a believer in my late teens, I had tons of questions and I think I almost drove my uncle and my youth pastor crazy with all the questions I was asking them all the time. But um so Why didn't you just be... search gotquestions.org? <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> only been around. Yeah. Um, so uh, all types. I mean, we get, um, you can tell if someone's asking a super deep theological question, probably um, older in the faith than um, others. Um, we get questions from seekers. You, you can tell by the question they ask that they likely don't know the Lord. We get questions from critics, someone who's uh, they're hostile to an extent, but at least open. And then we get some questions from the God haters, the hate theists, whatever you want to call them, who it's like, okay, we have to discern whether I don't want to cast pearls before swine in this instance. I don't want to spend a lot of time trying arguing with someone who's already hostile when I could be spending more time with the people who are legit, legitimately interested in the answers we're providing. So, but yeah, the vast majority are, I say, young believers and young believers, then going down the road of seekers, critics, hardened um, skeptics, and so forth. That's good. That's good. So um, um, it's interesting to me, though, that that it's uh, it's it's mostly Christians. And, and the other thing is that, that I think that anybody who's visited the site would know is you're trying to keep the questions brief. So you're you're not trying to give a dissertation. You're not writing dissertations here. Uh, you're trying to keep them brief. Correct? Is that the approach? It, it, it for sure is. I mean, just knowing um, people's um, reading attention spans in general, and then especially once you go online, um, studies show Google reports that how much time people will spend. They Google something, they land on a web page, and if that article doesn't answer their question fairly quickly, they bounce and they're off to somewhere else where they get it. So we try to, I mean, we're looking at, I mean, a a few paragraphs at most. And even then we try to often give a teaser of the answer, even in the first paragraph, which will then go on to explain more and what follows. It's because we last thing we want people is to not get to the actual answer because they have to wade through six or seven paragraphs before they actually find the answer to the question. So we we say answer a question is completely as necessary using as few words as possible. It's kind of our mode of operation in that it's recognizing the 
culture, especially the online behavior, what people are looking for and how much of their time they're willing to invest that does inform how we answer the questions. That's great. You know, and one of the things I love about about that, you know, that, that even um, even as you try to make those answers brief, you also recommend other resources, typically books, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, where if they want to read more, then they can they can go go, uh, you know, uh, uh, buy that book or, or read read a, a recommended yeah. resource. I, I, sure. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, for sure. Because like I said, we tried to answer the question, giving them here are the essentials of what you need to know about the biblical answer to this question. But the entire books have been written on some of our topics our articles cover. So we're like, there's so much more we could cover, but rather than either write related articles to this question, okay, you asked about this, but here's the side question. Here's um, how you apply it. There's different ways side articles, uh, related topics we can do, but then so it's recommending a good resource and not that we're necessarily going to agree with everything the author says in that book. I'm not even sure if I agree with myself all the time anymore, <laughs> but um, if someone asks a question about angels, well, you know, if there's interest about angels, they're not just interested on um, who's Michael the archangel. Well, they might also be interested, what other types of angels there are? Where, how are angels and humans different? Where do the fallen angels come from? So recommending a good book on angels that will give yeah. them a solid foundation of all the basic questions rather than just treating it as this is a one shot and this person's never going to have any other questions about angels again. Um, that's kind of our approach. That's great. You know, one of the other things that I really love about the site is uh, the top 20. So it's uh, it's one of the, the the links up at the top of the homepage. And um, so so these are the top 20 most frequently asked Bible questions. And um, I dare say that a lot of people would be surprised at the, the most frequently asked questions. Can you address that a little bit? So if you were to have asked me before we launched the website, well, what do I think the top 20 would be? I probably would have guessed at the most half of them, right? Just like <laughs> knowing the culture, knowing what hot topics. But yeah, no, I never would have guessed that some of them were, but um, some of the questions are like sensitive topics that maybe we've had numerous people say, I've had this question for a long time, but I've been too embarrassed to ask my pastor. So the anonymity of the internet where they don't know us, we don't know them, all we get is an email address, really helps them to Oh, ask the questions that are truly on their heart without worrying about being embarrassed or being worried that oh, this person is going to think I'm stupid if I ask this question. Well, that's not the case with us. And and then once we built up the frequently asked question archive and then start getting more traffic to the actual articles, seeing that the questions that are asked are not that dissimilar to the questions that people are searching for on Google and finding us that way. It's um, There's like the verse in Corinthians, the no temptation is taking you except what is common to man. Well, no question is taking you except that's common to man. And we translate got questions to many languages and we find that a lot of the same questions in other languages, other cultures, not not all the top 20 will be the same, but some languages like 15 of them have been the same top 20 questions in English. So it's, it's just amazing to see that we're all subject to the same temptations. We all have the same curiosities. We all struggle with the same things. I want to know more about this. And 
uh, it's interesting, exciting, fascinating to see the top 20 questions, but then when you really dig into it and see what's going on in the world, for the most part, they make sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, I, w when I was preparing for, for this conversation, I, I, uh, sat down with my own kids and I, and I said, you know, guess, guess something that's in the top 20 and they didn't guess, they, they didn't guess any of them. I don't think, um, so it, it, it is, it, it is really kind of surprising. In fact, I, um, I, I had a thought about this just as far as, uh, and kind of, I'd like to talk about, you know, ways that, uh, ministries and. Christians can use your your website and and, and this resource, but um, am am I right that every believer should look at your top twenty list and and familiarize themselves with these questions and 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 kind of be ready to respond to to those questions? And I believe so. I mean, not not everyone will need to be prepared for like all of the top twenty, but it's just a fascinating to realize that so many people. We'll submit a question and they'll start off with, I'm sure you've never been asked this question before, but here I go. Okay, this is one of our top 20 questions of all times. Like literally 100,000 people have read that article <laughs> in the past two years. Okay, you're not the only one. Um, That's great. So, and even some of the questions on there that are not e eternal questions, they're not in terms of, there's not a salvation issue. A question like, um, do pets go to heaven? So some, some people are surprised that that one's on there. But uh, I remember when fairly early on, someone asked a question um, and we responded to it, giving a um, biblically based and a compassionate answer. And she wrote back and said, so I submitted this question to um, several different people I know and then your website and a couple other websites. And you were the only one who actually responded. Um, <laughs> since you showed me so much care, I came back to your website I read your article on what does it mean to trust in Christ as your personal savior? And I've decided to place my faith in Christ. So by answering a question, which um, in the grand scheme of eternity is not that important, do pets go to heaven? She ultimately had the most important question answered. And then she gave us a little more background that she had a beloved cat who died at like the age of 20. And she was just devastated, heartbroken, was really searching for, I really want to see my cat again. And by we didn't, completely squashed that hope, but we gave a biblically compassionate um, response to it. It really opened the door to get the most important question answered. So even some of these ones that are, that's maybe that's silly or why are so many people interested in that? To the people who have that question, it's not silly. And so we try to try to remember that as we answer the question. That's great. That's, that's just compassionate. I, I think that's really good. Um, so, so tell me what you've learned. I mean, you, you've, uh, you've been doing this now for over 20 years. So, wh what have you learned about about uh, people and about mm -hmm. about uh, Christians and and, and about uh, perhaps you know dis the state of discipleship or or just what what comes to your mind when I ask the question? What have you learned uh, by mm -hmm. doing this ministry? Yeah, extremely grateful for my the biblical and theological training I received at Calvary. One thing I've learned is that the I think the Christian tent is a lot broader than I originally thought it was. Just hearing from people from different denominations that before I would like actually question their faith because of some of the doctrinal differences. I mean, you really look at it, it's like 
you know, that's really not a salvation level issue. That is not a right. core. I can strongly disagree with you on this and still consider you my brother or sister in Christ. So I'm not saying broad in the sense of beyond like the gospel. I mean, clearly um, still believe in the essentials of faith, the inerrancy of scripture, salvation by grace alone, through faith alone and Christ alone, the Trinity, etc. But on some of these side issues, I'm like, you know what? I'm not quite as convinced it's worth dividing over some of these issues I used to. Um, well, Shay, been, that, that's not really my question. You're telling me what you, what what uh, you have. Uh, uh, I guess the way you've grown and the way you've the way you've matured as uh, okay. I, I, I didn't even think of that question. Actually, I just was mostly asking what you've learned about the state of state of the church in America. But you're okay. you're telling me that what you've personally learned, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. So hmm, learned about yourself. Yeah. Hmm. Discipleship, I'm finding, is lacking in the, some of the me people who've been believers for a really long time, and they don't know or at least can't articulate answers to some of the really, really important questions. Or someone will say, wow, I've been a, been a believer for 40 years, and I've never really thought about this issue before. It's like, really? You've never in 40 years of being a believer thought about this? Um, so those sorts of things, like, and not to fault pastors. I know, I've I've known pastors who've been preaching on a certain topic for a long time, and it took the person the twentieth time hearing it before it finally clicked with them. Like, oh, I get it now. Or people who have asked us the same questions again and again and again, and like the eighth time we answer their question about it, like, I get it now. You just had to. Why, why don't you explain it that way to begin with? And like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, in, yeah. in a sense, the poor state of discipleship keeps got questions in business. So I'm grateful for that. But also um, it's the need for solid biblical teaching in churches, not just in sermons, but in community groups, in Sunday school type environments where people really need to be taught some of these, not essentials of the faith, but other issues that are really, really important that also play a huge role practically in how we live out our faith. It's like, how do you live your whole life as a Christian without having assurance of salvation, without that doubt, constantly dealing with that, hindering your walk with Christ, hindering your love for God when you can never really know for sure, those sorts of things. Like, how has this not been something you sought to nail down earlier in your life? So the state of the church is that there's a whole lot of people out there misinformed or ill-informed on issues. And um, it results in a lot of spiritual damage but or even spiritual apathy where until they really understand the amazing salvation the so great salvation that god has provided and what it means to live the abundant life what it means to uh, walk with christ those sorts of things that their lives are really not what they could be if they'd been taught more solidly uh, had a strong foundation in god's word so do any of these people, um, and these people, I'm not quite sure who I'm, I guess people who are interacting with you through your website, um, do, do you hear back from them and, and you know, that, that perhaps some of them say, you know, through your website, I've understood the gospel for the first time and I've become a Christian or, or um, I've, I've, I've read uh, all 9,000 articles and I'm, I now feel like I've, I've received the discipleship that I didn't get from my local church. Or, like, have you heard back from people and, and could you maybe just share? And we're, 
we're, we're just going to take as much time as we need today. But but um, maybe just share a couple of examples of people that you've heard back from and, and, and how it's impacted their lives. One of my, not one of my, my favorite page on gotquestions.org is our testimonials page, um, hmm. where it's just uh, testimonies of people who have been benefited by the ministry, who have visited the website and either asked a question or um, read a bunch of articles and were benefited by it. And maybe I could just, it, there's literally, I don't know how many there are, there are definitely hundreds. These are the more thorough ones we've chosen to publish. And to me, these are, this is what keeps us going. When we have a day where we're receiving a lot of, I don't know, discouragement, we can go back to this page and remember like, yes, Lord, <laughs> thank you for the reminder that you are creating a tremendous impact through this. You are doing a work, um, reinvigorates us. To, we're, we're in for another day, as we like to say. Um, <laughs> just people who have truly who have come to faith in Christ, not just read the one of our gospel presentation pages and clicked on a button, but then have also taken the next step of contacting us and asking information, asking us to recommend a church in their area, asking, okay, what, What's, what are the next steps? Those sorts of things. And um, people submitting questions and responding with a, a thank you or sometimes like a follow-up question. It really helps you to remember, okay, well, yeah, there's, um, this is working. This is having the impact that we hoped it could. Yeah, the, not as much as we would. And that's kind of one of the drawbacks of the internet is you can only contact people as much as they will allow you to. If they don't give you any information, we have no means of reaching out to them. Um, like I said, with the beginning with 15 million visitors a month, obviously there's no way we could personally engage with every single one, not without a much bigger staff. Um, but these little reminders that we receive from people who've been impacted, who've had their lives transformed, who have come to understand God's word better, or finally had the answer to the question that's really been holding them back in their Christian walk. I mean, those are sorts of things that we can see God working in amazing ways through, um, uh, well, again, like I said at the beginning, what we thought was going to be a fun little hobby we did until God called us to a, a real ministry. That's great. Well, so let's talk about um, how, um, you know, in, in what ways can local churches and ministries of various kinds partner with mm -hmm. or uh, utilize uh, GQ got questions. Mm -hmm. uh, um, what 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 do you recommend in that regard? So what we have found most effective is if a um, pastors often. I, I love got questions. I love having a resource that I can send people in my church to that I can trust, where I don't have time to answer questions of all every member of my church. Who, they all have questions, and if they all come to me for questions, I literally do not have the time. I wouldn't have time to prepare sermons or do anything else other than answer people's questions. So I can send people to gotquestions.org and they can find their answers there. And then I know, I may not agree 100% with everything you say, but I know it's coming from a solid biblical perspective. So we get lots of um, people who kind of say, hey, my pastor recommended you in the sermon the other day, or um, our pastor um, played one of your videos as part of the sermon to just kind of amplify what he was teaching. So those sorts of things, that seems to be 
we find most effective is when a pastor or church leader recommends it to the congregation, not in a sense of, I'm going to get God questions to do it because I don't want to, just to recognize we're a parachurch ministry. Our goal is to come alongside the church and help the church by providing a really quick and easy way for people to find answers to their Bible questions. Good. So, so um, what about individual Christians? How can they support what you're doing or, or I guess, and, or how can, how do you recommend that individual Christians might utilize uh, got questions, not, or not, it's not just for, for Pat, it's not a great, just a great tool for pastors, but how do, how could individual Christians use it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I joke that sometimes if I present got questions at a church or conference and I'll ask a question, um, who here has ever had a question about the, the Bible? And it's like, if, if hundred percent of people don't raise their hand, well, someone in there is lying. Um, recognize, here's what we do. Here's how we do it. Please utilize this as a resource. And even to take that a step further, when people ask you questions, um, you may not know the answer to. Maybe a question you've never thought of before, you've never researched before. Um, don't just, here's a great website you can go to. Like, no, say, hey, um, I would love, I don't know the answer to that question right now. Allow me to do a little research and get back to you. And so I've found more effective than giving someone a card with got questions on it or hey, go to this website. No, you take their question, tell them you'll get back to them. Go to got questions or go to the Bible, go to Bible commentaries, theology books, whatever you need to answer that question. And then you personally can go back and say, hey, look, hey, um, thank you for that great question. Here's what I was able to find. And, th and then, so that personal touch and then saying, hey, and if you want a great site where you can ask questions and find frequently asked questions, here's got questions or here's some other great resources out there. But that personal touch adds way more value than just saying, I don't have time for your question. Go to this website. That's great. That's great. So uh, I noticed that there's a, a donate button on the homepage. And so uh, if you want to support, if somebody wants to support your ministry, they can they can do that. Um, and I and I saved a big question for last here, uh, Shay. And I and I guess I I could have asked it at the beginning, but I but I think I'm you know I'm just uh, imagining. Um, a curious guy out there, a curious girl, uh, who doesn't know for sure what he or she uh, believes, uh, but they're open, they're ready to learn. This is kind of the 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 person that I imagine coming to your website every day. Um, you know, what would you say to their to to that person? You know, are there really answers to the most important questions? in life and why do you think the bible is the best source for those answers could you speak to that person yeah everyone has questions um some some of them have questions they don't even know how to formulate the question but when you ask someone what do you think about when you're trying to fall asleep at night or have you ever wondered about the meaning of life. Who has not at one point wondered about the meaning of life or who has not wondered where do we, where did all this come from? Like, why is it here? Um, everyone has had those questions. So wouldn't you like to know those answers? And wouldn't you like to know those answers from a source, God, who 
actually knows the answers, not just someone who's speculating. Um, being able to answer a question like that. Okay, have you ever thought about um, the meaning of life? Like, absolutely. People ask that question in so many different ways. And we had people just recently in person come to us and said, Shay and my wife, Melissa, there's, we've been very successful in life and we've been able to do everything we want to do. We, financially successful, but we just feel empty, like our life is is meaningless, um, but we see something different in you. Why is that? So how about a great opportunity to answer questions like, let, let me explain to you where I found meaning. So it's those type of questions everyone has that um, we can point people to answers in God's word. Um, and then even from someone who may be, who's maybe a little further along, in their spiritual journey, you'll ask a question like, why does God allow evil? Or why why did this tragedy happen? Or what was God doing here? Or why didn't God answer this prayer? Um, God's word has answers to those questions too. It doesn't give you why specifically God allowed this particular event, but explains to you that God is in control, that God is sovereign, that God has meaning and purpose in everything he does and allows, and that God can take what we view as a tragedy or evil and even bring about great good through that. It's those sorts of things that most people understand and draw that comfort from what God's word said that they can truly invest themselves into truly seeking God, being drawn by the power of the Holy Spirit and come to a, a faith in Christ, a trust in him, and then begin the journey of, of more questions, but questions where you know where you're going to find the answers. And that's a, a much powerful, much better place to be than in the place. I, I have these questions and I don't even know where to start to find yeah. answers. So um, that's, we, we love anything related to pointing people to God, to Christ, to God's word for the answers. Um, that's our sweet spot. And when we get a question like that, uh, or see in a given month where a, a particular article was a particularly popular, like, Thank you, Lord. That's the that's the one we want people reading, rather than some obscure, um, like a end times related question. Don't get me wrong. I love studying end times. Love talking about it. Can't wait for Christ to return. But so many people will obsess over something like that and totally miss out on some of the really day to day. How do I live the abundant life? How do I live live a life with meaning and purpose? Um, missing out on that. Um, it's it's sad to see what some of our, our priorities can be sometimes. That's great. I, I, I just think that the over, the overarching answer that you're providing is there are answers, you know, mm -hmm. there are answers to these questions and absolutely. Some, and, and, you know, uh, the Bible provides those and that's, that's just a, a beautiful thing. So personally, I want to thank you because I have, uh, over a long time now, uh, shared links to your website uh, through mm -hmm. social media or, you know, uh, uh, texting or whatever. I'm uh, constantly trying to engage people in spiritual conversations. Uh, and, and just as a, as a pastor and a professor, I receive questions. And, and so often, I've, I, like, you, like you described, I haven't had time to, to type out a 200, 300-word email um, and it, and I was able to go to God questions and just share a link with someone and 
And I just think, uh, you know, I just want to thank you personally for having that resource. I didn't know when I first discovered it that that uh, the 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 couple that originated it was was from Calvary University. I just started realizing I agree with with everything I'm reading here. And uh, so uh, it was just a, a very exciting thing to discover. And uh, and I, I just wanted to thank you personally. And um, thank you for your time today as well. You're welcome, Sean. It was great to talk to you. And truly, both Melissa and I are so grateful for um, our time at Calvary, all we learned in the classes, but also just how much we grew spiritually just from being around other believers, being taught and discipled by professors and deans and everyone involved there. Um, nothing but wonderful memories of our, our time at Calvary. That's, that's excellent. And uh, just a reminder to those of you who are listening, uh, Shay is going to be speaking at, at the Calvary University President's Dinner on uh, September 28th, and, and uh, you're all welcome to join us. We'd love for you to join us for that. So if you want more information, you can get that through our website. Um, but I, I would also encourage you, uh, listener, that if you haven't uh, done so yet, that you go find gotquestions.org. It's, it's really easy to find. And just poke around and spend some time on there. Uh, literally, you can spend hours and hours and hours uh, reading through um, the answers to these questions. They're very well written. They're very, they're very tersely written. And so they're, they're, it's just very readable and just valuable stuff. Just real questions from real people and, and answer, answers from the Bible. So I encourage you to go check it out and consider supporting the, the ministry of gotquestions.org. We thank you for joining us for this conversation. And we hope you'll join us for the next edition of Calvary Conversations. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.